Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we have a post-mortem on yesterday's municipal primary election in St. Louis. Things have not changed much. It was a good day for incumbents, but there was some seemingly bitter fallout. Joining me in studio are St. Louis Public Radio political reporters Rachel Lippman and Jason Rosenbaum. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Well, the big race, of course, was the automatic president's race uh, won by the incumbent, Mr. Reed. You were there, Rachel. That was a very close race, as it turned out. It was. It was uh, the margin of victory was about 1,400 votes, if our math is correct. Again, we're journalists, so, <laughs> you know, we don't. Um, but it it did fluctuate quite a bit kind of throughout the night. You could sort of tell kind of where votes were coming in from, what was left, and that uh, Reed was likely going to win, but it was not necessarily a sure thing until those final votes were counted. You also had the added fun of the entire city website going down in the middle. They were still able to count votes, but nobody was able to sort of access it outside of the board of going to the board of elections. So, so that, that always makes for a fun night. They were sweating it out in more ways than one. They than were, ways. yes. Yeah, it, it, Nasheed's party, they just used it as an opportunity to dance. And I'll, yeah. I'll admit I danced a little bit, too, because right. I was trying to pass the time. There so. was not dancing at Reed's party. So. We, we have some clips from uh, the activity of various places last night. and uh, Reed, uh, as we say, was sweating it out, but he certainly seemed very, very relieved when it was all over and he learned that he had won. Well, this is our charge. This is what we're going to take forward. We're going to define, this is our time, St. Louis. We're going to determine what the new St. Louis looks like. We're going to eliminate the Del Mar Divide. And we're not going to be North St. Louis. We're not going to be South St. Louis. And we're not going to be Central Corridor. We're going to be one St. Louis. That's our future. Thank you so much for the time. Well, he certainly sound, uh, sounded energized. We should point out, though, it was a primary election. He'll have an opponent uh, no. in April. No. A Green, green party, party opponent. Oh, he has a Green Party green, opponent. Green okay. party All right. I don't right. think the Green Party is, is ready to sweep across St. Louis, so I think this was tantamount to election. All right. What is it, Jason, I'll start with you. What does it mean for the merger and privatization of the airport? Do we know if uh, anything is going to change as a result of his uh, probable election in April? I, I don't really think it changes the calculus over the merger at all, just because that's going statewide and you don't really need the city and the county based off, let's just say, Josh Hawley's victory, where he lost the city and the county by wide margins but did well everywhere else to merge the city and the county. So I don't really think that that particular issue has a, is, is connected to this race. On the airport, though, uh, Reed, I think, is widely seen as the swing vote on that particular idea, which is to bring a private operator to run uh, Lambert Airport. And frankly, because he didn't really have a hard and fast, like, I'm going to kill it if I'm elected, and was basically like, we got to see how this process goes. And it's hard to just like strike down the idea without seeing the actual proposal. He has a lot of leverage to shape the proposal mm -hmm. in a way that could help some disaffected areas of the city. The thing that I asked all three candidates during the Politically Speaking podcast was, since there are a number of white aldermen that have come out against, quote unquote, airport privatization, um, and the fact that African-American aldermen are the minority, but they still have a large amount of, of people. I, I think that they have a ton, as, as I said, leverage to basically craft this otherwise 
you know, they wouldn't vote for it. And you need an aldermanic vote in this case. So I, I think it, it gives Reed a lot of leverage to drive that process. Rich, you spent a lot of time at City Hall. Uh, and Reed uh, was noncommittal on privatization, uh, has been. Is, is that, um, do you think, because of the election, he didn't want to commit before the people voted? No. I, I mean, I think this is one of those things where he believes or sees that he may have some leverage in this process. If he thinks he can get what he sees as a good deal for the city, it may not be viewed as a good deal for everyone. There are a lot of people who think privatization itself is not a good deal for the city, that to take away something from that is currently benefiting taxpayers because the money comes into the city's coffers and put it in the hands of a private operator isn't good. I think it's his way of sort of, you know, <clears throat> continuing to um, – to try and, and split the baby um, and and to say, you know, well, if it's a good deal, if it's not a good deal, there are some who are going to argue that he's waiting for the campaign contributions to come in to sort of be like, oh, well, yes, I can do it mm -hmm. to benefit this. I don't think it was as much of a I want to get elected ploy as it was to try to keep himself in that catbird seat to be like, well, if you sweeten this deal for me, then maybe I can be persuaded to vote for it. I think it's a I, I wouldn't call it a self-interested maneuver, but I don't think it's a, a pure electoral maneuver. And just to add before we go to the next topic, I mean, the the hope among privatization proponents is that the city would get a pretty large payment up front in the mm -hmm. millions of dollars. And that could go a long way to tearing down vacant buildings, repaving streets, coming up with economic development programs. Paying but down it, debt. Paying down debt. <laughs> but as Rachel mentioned, privatization is very controversial because the idea of taking a public asset and giving it to a private company you know, a lot of people just have a distaste for that overall. But I think that's going to be the biggest impact of this race for sure. There was another story, I think, that came out of uh, events last night. That the two losers uh, had some comments that I found very interesting. I'm sure you did, too. Oh, yeah. State Senator Jamila Nasheed, uh, of course, lost to, uh, uh, to Mr. Reed. And uh, 15th Ward Alderman Megan Green also uh, was a loser. They both shared 31% of the vote. Each had about 31% of the vote. The margin there was, what, 144 votes, it, it I think, between second and third? Yeah, it was pretty yeah. small. Yeah. I, would say, I don't want to say that they tied because Nasheed came in second, but for all intents and purposes, they, they tied. Yeah, it's 130, well, 144 votes are between second and third place. The closeness and the fact that uh, the Senator Nasheed had uh, that opposition really ticked her off, and she uh, expressed it, I thought, very forcefully last night. The progressives, everything that they hate about St. Louis, everything that they hate about St. Louis, they perpetuated in this race. Because you can't say you for Black Lives Matter and you want to try to reduce black representation. You know, and so if it wasn't but for her being in this race, I mean, Megan Green, we would have had a one, a win. So don't be talking about Black Lives Matter no more. Right. Because if it, if it mattered, then black representation would. Strong black representation. Because of, because of the progressive egos, we're still in the same conditions. And that is the most unfortunate situation that we're dealing with today. State Senator Jamila Nasheed talking about her unhappiness that there was another candidate in the race which she believes siphoned votes from her. Let's find out what uh, Megan Greed had to say after she heard about Nasheed's comics. I'm very happy that we're the only campaign that ran a positive issues-oriented campaign. And I think that's what voters want to see in this city, is people who actually are talking about the real issues that our city faces and not slinging mud at each other. 
Uh, and I think that we can't move forward as a city until we start to elect representation um, that is centering good public policy before you know any kind of personality disputes or any kind of personal attacks. 15th Ward Alderwoman Megan Green. Rachel, what do you make of that exchange? I think Jason and I were sort of talking about this as we were going over the numbers, and I'm not entirely sure that a a one-on-one race between Nasheed and Reed or between Green and Reed turns out much differently than the results in terms of who actually wins. Mm -hmm. To me, there's this kind Mm -hmm. of understanding among different kind of groups within the Democratic caucus that the status quo isn't necessarily working for the city, and I think that's a fair argument to make. But it's trying to figure out how to defeat the status quo. Mm -hmm. They haven't figured out how to get everybody pulling in the same direction. I think there is a lot of if you aren't the perfect candidate, if I disagree with you on some issues, I'm going to have to go for the one that fits so much with, you know, almost exactly within my worldview of how the world should work. There's not a lot of pragmatism, I think, in some Mm -hmm. of these of, of the, some of these groups that are just like, you know, well, we want change, but we want change to look exactly how we want it to look, instead of being like our goal for, ev- for you know, larger segments of the Democratic Party is change, and can we take it in incremental or pragmatic ways? Thoughts on that, uh, Jason? Well, first of all, I think it has to be, this goes without saying, but when Senator Nasheed was talking about black representation matters, Reed is African-American. So the winner of this race is an African-American, and it means that there's two African-Americans on the board of estimate and apportionment. What I what I think Nishi was alluding to, though, was Reed was supported by a lot of not only African-American political figures, because I think he had most of the endorsements of the Black Caucus, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. But he also had some key endorsements from some white political figures. Like including the mayor. Including yeah. the mayor. Who was at his party last, uh, collect, last night? The collector of revenue, Gregory F.X. Daly, who I understand that people don't like writing checks to his office, but is actually a very powerful figure in Southwest City. Um, I, I think that Jamila Nasheed is a phenomenal, phenomenally talented political mind. And I think if she decides to run again for something, um, she may be more successful this time. But the fact is that a lot of people, um, especially on the left of center end of the spectrum light that supported Green, have found her record in Jefferson City to be too compromising. Oftentimes she works with Republicans, which doesn't really matter in the city of St. Louis, but often does matter when those issues are, are kind of affect voters more. And I think that just a lot of people were, were more comfortable having an alternative to Nasheed, but I don't really know what would happen in a one-on-one matchup. I think Nasheed versus Reed, it could have ended up differently because Nasheed won most of North St. Louis, and uh, Green did very poorly up there. But um, Green also did fairly well in parts of South St. Louis, and perhaps the the calculations might have changed in some of the southwest side wards that uh, Reed ended up winning. I think it's impossible to know for sure. But obviously, a lot of hard feelings between the two candidates. Green, Green made an interesting point when she pointed out that 60 percent of the votes were against Lewis Reed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's been some talk about like how this should prompt a discussion about runoffs or ranked choice voting, which very well might be the next step. Like, you know, somebody might do yeah. an initiative petition. But the, again, going back to the, the cliche that I say, the fact remains is everyone knew the rules of this election. The person who sure. had the most votes won. And I, I think that this is just a consequence of having 
a system like this, and until it changes, you're going to have similar results where the person who wins often in a multi-candidate field doesn't get 50% or more. Uh, time's winding down. Rachel, in the aldermanic races, did anything catch your eye? Nope. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I mean, it's status quo in terms of the 11 incumbents who who ran again, won. Um, the, the most interesting thing that stood out to me in that was the narrowness of the margin in the 14th Ward, which is uh, Bevo Mill, Princeton Heights, and Southampton, so sort of a south-central ward. Um, it was a 52-vote margin because of the low turnout that is too wide for a recall, but that was against a... I, um, I think a nine-year incumbent? I don't know. Yeah. Who's, who's the alderman? Car- uh, Carol Howard is oh, the yes. current alderman. Was to somebody who uh, was has had previous associations with kind of the communist, uh, the version of the Communist Party here in St. Louis, came within 52 votes. I wonder if a different candidate who didn't have that kind of stain, if you quote unquote, mm. if you want to mm. call it, or that, you know, connection to communism, which is still, you know, a dirty word sure. um, might have been able to do it differently, but no. Other than that, I mean, every other incumbent won with blowout margins. So status quo. The change has been there has been a lot of change at the board of aldermen, but it has come mostly because there have been a lot of open seats. I think in the last three election cycles, so fifteen, seventeen, and nineteen, only uh, two incumbents have actually lost their seats. Everything else has been through open seats. One final thought as our time winds down, Jason. The voter turnout, 18%. It was pretty dismal, but also it was really freaking cold yesterday. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to get people that, especially if you're in a, C, a, a ward where there's no aldermanic race, mm-hmm. yeah. to, to get out to the polls when it's 25 degrees outside. So At its warmest. So me, I, I know, all I know is if the city and county merge, merge the mega council is going to, I think, have their elections in August and November. So still possible you may have a cold election, but in a lot of those districts, the primary is tantamount to election. So that could increase turnout a little bit more. We'll have to, as, that, would, but that's as would competition. A, but that's a big <laughs> if. We don't even know if the Better Together plan is going to pass. So we're, we're, we're kind of diving into some uh, shaky assumptions here. All right. Got to end it right there. I want to thank Jason Rosenbaum and Rachel Littman for being with us. Get some more rest. I know you had a late night last night. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.